Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support the team at Waggle Golf. Local Minnesota brand and oh-so-comfortable clothing. Best hats, shirts, hoodies, and more. Endorsed by Bucigras, Carlo Koliakovo, and most importantly, the Soda Pod. Check them out at GetYourWaggleOn.com for the best damn golf apparel in the United States. GetYourWaggleOn.com today. Now back to the show. When I, it's like the What is up? Back for, I guess, what's technically the first edition. I don't know. First edition, second edition, if the first one's just an intro. We'll call it first edition of Armchair GM. With me for all of these, Brett Marshall of Sound the Foghorn. And I, you know what? I'm just going to pass it over to him now that we're jumping in with uh, the first selection here that he has made on how we want to pursue the summer for Billy Guerin. Yeah, if you haven't listened to the first episode, I'd recommend doing that. You're going to be very confused. Um, we're operating under all those assumptions, so we listed off some players we're resigning. Um, basically, to give you a scope um, of kind of where I'm coming from with this, I'm trying to think of logically what the most likely thing is to happen. So not necessarily, I mean, maybe what I want to happen, but blending that with realistic expectations as well. And I think the realistic expectation we need to come to is Kevin Fiala will not be a member of the Minnesota Wild next year. It's it's just not happening. Um, I think Billy Guerin was very pointed on KFAN um, last week about three good months. Um, granted, was it more than that? Yes. But I think, you know, he likes Matt Dumba. We talked about there's probably a high likelihood that they not only keep him through this year, but extend him beyond this year. Um, but the good news, you know, it may feel deep down like trading Kevin Fiala is like the worst thing ever because he's a very good player. That's also the positive, right? Is you're trading a very good player, which means you are going to get a very good return. Jason Zucker got you Kalen Addison in the first. What do you think a guy like Kevin Fiala could get you, right? Like Kevin Fiala is a much better player than Jason Zucker ever was and ever will be. Um, and that netted you a, you know, a blue chip prospect and a first round pick. So I think, um, you know, the wild can start to look at packages that include things like that. 
Um, now we so, are under the assumption here too, Brett, that to get the return that we want, it's got to be a sign and trade. So Kevin Fiala is going to have some input correct. here into where he ends up. Right. And that's why like for this first one, like, you know, we've heard Ottawa's really in on it, but if you're Kevin Fiala, do you want to go to the Ottawa Senators and resign? If they there? give him nine, nine and a half, maybe. <laughs> Which, like, I mean, maybe, but you know, yeah. that's why I'm like for this purpose, I'm exploring New um, LA. Um, I think New Jersey's a legit option. Um, what now do you that think they... about Anaheim, that's one that I've considered too. Yeah, I'd have to look into it. Um, but I think the West Coast teams are all in play. Um, the Devils, I think, are certainly in play. You know, I think yeah. a spec. I think maybe a little less than now that they won the draft lottery. Um, and they could take a, you know, I don't remember his first name, but Slavkowski from. Ooh, you um, think that's who goes to? Either him or Logan Cooley. I don't Cooley's think. Cooley's where I land. Like, I don't think you could go wrong with either one. Um, and they'll both kind of fit in the timeline with that core. But I think they're a team realizing, you know, some of these other teams might start to decline and we have to start tapping into these, you know, these, these entry level deals and stuff. Um, so was it Fiala trade possible there? Yes. And maybe that's one we'll, we'll explore another day. Um, but to get back to, to the kind of this scenario I want to do is this is with the LA Kings. Um, you know, Russo speculated that Kevin Fiala might want to go to a big market. Well, can't get much bigger market than Los Angeles. Um, the Kings are an up and coming team. I think we saw them kind of be a surprise playoff team this year. Granted, they kind of bowed out to the Oilers, but you know, it's a really young team, a lot of inexperience there, but so many talented young players that, you know, Rob Blake has done a tremendous job of basically rebuilding that franchise um, from the teams that won Stanley cups um, back in the early 2010s, I believe 2012 and 2014. And then I think the Kings were kind of mixed in between there. So um, wait, Kings were, or the Blackhawks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And the Blackhawks are mixed in in between there. Um, and since then, they've accumulated an extremely strong prospect pool, I believe, if my memory serves. Only the Sabres and the Kings, I think, were the only two prospect pools that ranked above the wild by Scott Wheeler um, of The Athletic. Um, they have a top five prospect pool, so tons of guys to tap into. Um, with that, they're going to have picks they're probably willing to move as they look to kind of enter this competitive window. Um and so, you know, what they'd like to do is acquire an impact winger. And I think what the Wild want to do is acquire assets that can be usable in this cap crunch in one way or another. So, and I um, mean, one thing too that's really important that's kind of rare these days, they got a lot of cap flexibility. They have like 14 mm-hmm. coming off the cap at forward, they've got a shit ton coming off at D, and they're just going to have a lot of room to play and mold the roster as they want like really only a couple of guys that are like locks to be re-signed by them and get somewhat of a raise. So just good to know that like Kevin Fiala going there is very, very feasible too. Yeah. And could you imagine the ability of Kevin Fiala to play at his will with someone like Andre Kopitar as a center? Like, Hey Kevin, do whatever the fuck you want on offense. I got um, because, you. <laughs> because Andre Kopitar is going to cover your ass on defense. So I think there's a great fit there. I think Kevin Fiala is exactly the player they want to bring in. As you mentioned, I think he's the type of player they can play. Um, and the starting price for me um, is a guy who is very familiar with Matt Boldy, um, and that's Arthur Kaliev. Um, came out of the United States National Development Program. Was kind of a divisive pick in 2019. He was mocked as high as the top 10 um, at some points, I believe, in the like original athletic mock draft um, that immediately fell- followed the draft lottery. I believe Kaliev was actually the player that Russo mocked to the Wild um, at that 12th pick. Um, and he actually, 
and eventually actually fell all the way to the second round. I believe it was early second round. I want to say he was like the. 30. I was gonna say, was he like thirty three? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was somewhere in there. It was like that thirty three to like forty range. So early second round pick. Um, and basically there was some concerns about like his skating ability and all this stuff. Um, but he is probably one of the best pure shooters in the NHL and will be for years to come. He's got an unbelievable shot, quick release, lethal on the power play. Um, he's only 20 years old. He's under contract through 20, 2012. Um, and I believe one additional game beyond this year. So 81 games total. He has 15 goals and 13 assists in those 81 games. Um, and a minus four rating. Um, but he's driven play very well, 57.55 expected goals percentage when he's been on the ice. And that's against the 70th percentile quality of competition. So it's not like he's playing scrubs. And that's with a 4% quality of teammates. So he's kind of been pigeonholed on the fourth line, you know, with teammates that aren't necessarily that great. Um, and it's what's surprising is, you know, a guy that's known as a shooter, but his, his defense um, per Jay Fresh's player cards from top down hockey, 94th percentile. Um, even strength defense. So a guy that has been good at both ends of the ice too. Um, so I think if you're looking for a guy that you can kind of slide into Kevin Fiala's spot and maybe not get, you know, 85 points of offense, but maybe a guy that come in and get you 40, 50, that you can play, you know, has, like I said, has familiar with Matt Boldy. I think he's an excellent option there. Um, his timeline fits with the buyouts as well. You know, a guy that if you need to, you can bridge um, potentially. Um, but I think he has a lot of upside. Is he someone LA is willing to move? I honestly have no freaking that's, idea. That's a big question, <laughs> right? But I, I mean, the, the thing is, I think though, it's important to like highlight. They have him, they have Byfield, they have Turcotte, which yep. means realistically to bring in a guy like Fiala, they know one of those three is going and the other one two of them is expendable center. at this point too, right? Yeah. And the other two play center. Right. So, um, <clears throat> So I think that's the biggest question is, is are they willing? I haven't done any research into, you know, who LA may be willing to move for Fiala, but that's the type of prospect. I think if the wild want to go that route, that he's the type of prospect they need to get someone that they could plug and play in year one. Um, in addition, and I think they need to get more than that too. Right. We talked about, you know, is Kali have a better prospect than Addison taken in similar spots, kind of that early second round, maybe, maybe not. Um, but I think you for sure need to get a first back. So whether that's this year's pick, which I believe is um, from my notes, um, the 19th overall pick, I believe. Um, otherwise, you know, next year's draft class in 2023 projected to be very strong. I'd imagine it should be in that same range, probably that 18 to 22, 23 range will probably where the Kings will end up falling. Um, so maybe you look at next year's pick. And then I think maybe an additional pick, whether that's a second or a third, um, again, probably looking out towards next year, that 2023 draft, which should be a little bit stronger. Um, that's kind of the package I'd be looking at. Um, is it fair? I really don't know. I'm not a GM, but that's what I would hope. Um, even if you got Kaliev in the 19th overall, I would, you know, I would lean that's maybe enough. Um, yeah. But again, because you're getting some of that cost certainty and all that. But um, as for where he slots in, um, with some of the other moves I made, um, again, I, I put him right in um, Fiala's spot. Um, I actually threw Ryan Hartman between them, and then I bumped Marco Rossi up to my top line between Kaprizov, Zuccarello, and then I slid Freddie Goudreau down to my fourth line center between um, Connor Dewar and then one of Tyson Jose or Brandon Duhame, um, kind of depending on your matchup. So I, I think there, there's a spot for him if it's there. Gives you a young line with Boldy and Kaliev, but um, I think you get you have some options of what you can do there with Rossi, Hartman, and Kaliev if you want to move them around, even Jost too. 
Um, but, and I think the other thing too is, you know, this power play has sucked this year. Um, and I'm going to double check. He actually might be a right shot. I think. All right. Elite prospects. Let me know if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, no, he's a left shot. And and to fill the void a little bit too, I think a key piece that you hit on there with like the Boldy familiarity in any of these trades, if you're bringing back a player of any stock, of course, like it kind of depends on what we're talking about, but a big piece is not to replace the 85 points of Fiala. It's really just to make sure that Boldy's not taking a step back from what we saw this year. If he can be a similar player and we can get that projected out across the season, that's, really the key here because i'm sorry you're just not replacing 85 points you're not no not at a cap hit less than a million dollars for sure <laughs> um unless you somehow maybe get shane right which that's not happening um <laughs> which even then i don't think it would happen again like i i don't know the last rookie that was over a point per game mcdavid might have been on pace to do it um but that was Connor mcdavid so otherwise we're probably <laughs> going back to 06 <laughs> right right so yeah, I mean that that's that's a move I would make. I, I think it works. I think it makes sense for both teams. I think it's the type of deal that Bill Guerin likes to make. You know that that hockey trade where both teams feel like they're addressing a need. So the Wild addressed a need, and hey, we get a player we can still play in our top twelve four group. And like I said, he played a full season last year, so he's not unfamiliar with the NHL. He's not a guy you have to put in Iowa. Um, and again, as we mentioned, you know it it gives the Kings with that impact winger. Um, I know right now who are their top wingers. It'd be probably, probably Kempe and um, Arvidsson. And I think Kempe Fiala. for sure. Yep. Um, and I think Fiala is better than both. Um, you know, and oh, Fiala's yeah. got some familiarity with Arvidsson too. So maybe, you know, that's a line they put together um, from their time in Nashville too. So some chemistry there. So um, regardless of whether or not it's Kaliev, I mean, you listed off a couple names. I don't think they're getting Byfield back. I don't um, think Byfield's happening, but I mean, let's talk Turcotte because I admittedly, I haven't seen much of what he's done since hitting the AHL, but I mean, coming I, in guy was highly touted. I think that's part of the issue with him is I don't think he's panned out so far as a lot of teams have thought. Um, but you know, I, I don't know the rest of the prospect pull off hand, but you know, guys like Gabriel Velarde, they have a lot of young, talented forwards. Um, that I think the you know they'd be willing to part with one of them, whether it's Kali or someone else. But Velarde's already RFA right now, so that's probably not as ideal. Yeah, so he'd probably cost you a little bit more, so probably not a fit. But th- there are guys there I think that they could definitely look at, tap into. Um, I think LA is a very sensible trade partner, um, regardless of what that return is, at least as of now. But I mean, maybe it's a, a full package of picks coming back too. I don't know, but. Um, I think they're a very logical trade partner, and this is to me it, it. This is the one I would I would hope for in my in my ideal world. Yeah, and I mean, let's. Oh, they. I don't know if they can technically. They might not be qualified, but like, what if LA just offer sheets? Like, is that one that we kind of smile and say okay, as long as it's more than the eight point four that's needed to get two firsts, a second, and a third. Yeah, I think they might be hang tied there because of the uh, Jeff Carter trade. Um, I believe they have conditional picks on both their second this year and third next year, which I believe they would need. One of those two, I believe, would be required. I think it's the third this year that's the problem. Yeah, so they would need that. They have to have yeah. their that pick. I think solidify right. in order to offer sheet. Um, so that's I, out. So, uh, but but you bring up another good point. Something that I wanted to address, and maybe we we might have talked about this in Sound the Foghorn too, or at least will be um, when we kind of do our off season preview 
in that if I'm Bill Guerin, I'm looking at what my offer sheet compensation for Fiala looks like because they probably know what he's going to be asking for in a contract because they're going to mm -hmm. get a feel. You know, we know they're not resigning him, but if, if there's this little bit in their back of mind, what would it cost us? What does he want? Um, and my understanding is they have a good relationship with his agent. Um, so I think they'd be very transparent what that number looks like. And then you can say, all right, here's what that compensation would look like if someone offers you to them. At a minimum, it's probably going to be a first, second, and a third pick. So I think when yeah. you're fielding trades for Fiala, that's where your starting price is. It's it's a first, second, and third round pick or equivalent value mm -hmm. of, of those picks too. So yeah. I think what it boils down to is where is that first round pick and how does that change the value? Sure. But I think but I think that's Bill Guerin has that advantage in the sense of he he has that starting point kind of no matter what is all right, here's my starting price. And then he can kind of work and build from there. So Mm -hmm. And it's important for everyone to know, too, because offer sheets get thrown a lot, around a lot and they don't happen all that often. Yep. The key here with an offer sheet, Kevin Fiala has got to sign it, right? Like a Correct. team's coming to him and saying, hey, we'll give you this if Minnesota doesn't. So the reality is this guy wants to get paid for him to do that and put, you know, Minnesota to the coals, especially at that point, you're kind of assuming you're gone. He's probably looking for eight, five plus, which eight, four is the tier to get you to two firsts, second and third. Right. So, I mean, if he's a real sneaky little bastard and he comes in at eight, three, cause he wants to stick it to us. I mean, kudos to him, I guess, but I don't see Kevin Fiala signing an offer sheet for that low when he knows there's someone out there that's going to pay him stupid fucking money. Yeah. The one thing I'd say what hurts that has been his playoff performance the last two years is ultimately this is about winning, a, you know, it's about well, winning a cup. There's there's teams that aren't even in the playoffs that don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I, th th there's more moving pieces yeah. there for sure. Um, yeah. But, again, I think, you know, from my perspective, L.A. makes sense. And I think a combination of one of their higher-end prospects, one of the many that they have, um, and one or two picks I think is a sensible, is a sensible thing to come back. So. Yeah, uh, that's I mean, what I wanted it, to start with because I felt like it, it was realistic, and it and the money, it's not too hard to picture how the money works because you're only adding what did I say his cap it was like it's basically a shade under nine hundred thousand, which yeah. you can make work, um, you know, pretty easily. You have to move one of either Dimitri Kulikov or Tyson Jost, which I don't think would be that difficult to do. Yeah, and I mean it's good that we started with that because you know me i like to irk people and piss them off <laughs> and next week we'll have one or two for you that will absolutely be pie in the sky but we're gonna have some logic behind it we'll make sense of it um but I, i'm with you man i think i mean even if we say worst case scenario like there's just not enough people out there that are coming for fiala when they hear what he's asking for and la puts you to the coals and says cali evan a first done i'm not gonna be mad no i don't think i would be either so I like the first move. Definitely one that I think a lot of fans would approve. I mean, maybe not because they don't know who Arthur Kaliev is, but just trust us when we tell you that the guy can fucking play. Yeah, just just go watch um, highlights of him, Boldy, and Caulfield in the power play at the World Juniors, and you'll you'll be a Kaliev fan pretty quick. Yeah, that'll do it. And that'll do it for us here, too. Again, thank you, Brett, for jumping on. You'll see us here well, at least until major changes are made by Bill Guerin. Who knows when that'll be? But in the meantime, check them out, Brett and the boys, at Sound the Foghorn on Twitter and at B underscore Marsh 92. Um, I don't know, man. I think that's all we got. Sounds good to me. Until next time. Later. Later.